0: This is Gigi Sabat and you're listening to the Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Mark Sherwood. Welcome to the show, Mark.
1: Hey, Gigi, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to being on with you.
0: Likewise, it's such an honor to be here with you today, Mark. Why don't you start off by telling us more about you and where are you from?
1: Well, my wife, Dr. Michelle, and I, we actually have the Functional Medical Institute in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, My wife uh, is my best friend and pal, so I always make sure to give her a nice plug. Um, It's Michelle with one L, so I tell people, "GG, there's no hell in my Michelle, so people appreciate that. (laughs) But um, we've been at this uh, functional medicine journey for about 10 years now, actually 11 years. And our mission is pretty clear uh, to lead people on a pathway of true healing. And I think we're a little bit different than the classic functional medicine in that we really dive deep into the spiritual, emotional, physical connection of people, you know, and really uh, treat the whole person. And that's some incredible stories we've had. But for us, uh, healing and uh, restoration and return of health is very normal.
0: I love it. Now, what inspired you and your wife to launch the Functional Medical Institute?
1: Yeah, actually, tragedy. <laughs> so uh, my wife is an osteopath doctor, you know, right? And so she actually graduated medical school back in 2002. At the same time, I didn't know her at that particular time. Uh, But I would started on my own individual journey towards naturopathy or natural healing. Well, it turns out that as she got into conventional medicine, she's also a naturopath. And so she was executing those type of philosophies. And um, she got fired out of the conventional system because too many people got well. And so she was stuck. You know, what do you do, right? You you know, you're not going to go there because they don't want you. And you don't have anything going on because you don't have support. And about that time, um, in my own life, I had seen tragedy as a police officer and was put in charge of a wellness program. And, uh, that got me on my journey of, of studies and, um, uh, got me heading on the pathway of naturopathy, uh, cause I wanted to figure out why my friends were dying so fast, you know? And so we met and it was really a, a match made in heaven, no question about it. And, um, she had already kind of had the vision for Functional Medical Institute, and I kind of joined her. And then from there, it just took off. And we had one little corner office. We didn't have anybody, you know. It was like, what do you do? And you didn't know what you were doing. We didn't have any any instruction. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know how to do it. But looking back on it, you know, more than a decade later, now we get the opportunity to help people around the world. And I, I would have never, never, never dreamed it would have been like this.
0: That is absolutely amazing. Now, tell us a little bit more about your experience as an officer, police
1: officer. Yeah, a little interesting hats I've worn in my life. Um, I was a police officer for 24 years, Gigi, before becoming a naturopathic doctor. And, um, you know, to go back to school at that time in my life was uh, deemed insane by many people, of course. You could see why. But nonetheless, in my 24 years, 10 years of which were on the SWAT team, so I've seen a lot of things that... Some would say no person should see and I've experienced a lot, but um, it's been a learning curve, you know, to see uh, the things I've seen and uh, see the people that I've seen in, you know, police officers, they need to be honored and appreciated. It's not an easy job, by the way, Um, you know, and it's they take a a lot of criticism and, you know, when you're in a job like that, rightly so, you're under the scrutiny of everybody and you should be, Uh, you should be above reproach but it's a hard job and uh, some of the men and women i got to serve with are some of the most honorable people uh, but boy from a health standpoint they really really take a beating
0: well thank you for sharing that with us and thank you for your service mark yeah, you're welcome now can you tell us a little bit more about your books
1: yeah interestingly enough um my wife and I, when we got together, um, I always had this dream to write a book. <laughs> so, uh, you know, don't let a good dream go to waste, make it a reality. Right. And so I decided to write a book. And so we wrote quest for wellness, uh, together. And, uh, it turned out to be a number one bestseller in a couple categories on Amazon, which is really cool. And then, um, after that, we wrote another book called fork your diet, which was pretty cool. Um, Great title, I might say, but it's uh, GG on that one. It's it's not necessarily limited to what people think it is. Yes, we talk about nutrition and lifestyle and how it affects um, and reverses, you know, the the classic modern day diseases like type two diabetes and heart disease and Alzheimer's dementia, autoimmune, etc. But that one also does with the emotions. On the cover of that when it's got this acronym: "Stop falling for the frauds," F R A U D S, and that's actually an acronym for something that's very important to all of us that affects our health, fear, resentment, anger, unforgiveness, disappointment, and shame. And when we live in those areas, man, it it takes away our identity. And then um, the third book we wrote uh, was is called Surviving the Garden of Eton. And um, I know great name there on that one as well that was written on on my cell phone actually i picked up the cell phone one day and started talking and i i I believe it was inspired by god himself and i just kept on going and kept on going and like forrest gump kept on running i just kept on talking and before i knew it um You know, intermittently, of course, Um, a month or so had gone by and there it is, surviving the Garden of Eden, which really uh, goes back to Genesis chapter three and what went wrong with mankind. You know, at that point, what really made mankind fall? And the interesting twist on that is, as it applies to what we do today, is this, is that uh, Satan or the devil used the idea of appetite or food to get mankind off course today. Mankind is being led off course, many times even by modern day churches with the idea of food. And it's so sad because that appetite God gave us for the things that bring life, Satan substitute that for the things that bring death. And so just an interesting twist on things. And I I, I think it's a, it's a key to get people free.
0: Wow, very powerful, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure to check out Mark's books. Now, Mark, can you tell us a little bit more about the challenges that you faced in your life?
1: Yeah, there's been several. Um, you know, I'm adopted. A lot of people don't know that. You know, and um, I got to meet my birth mother uh, before she died. Unfortunately, I met my birth mother after my adoptive mother um, committed suicide. And uh, gg, that is broke my heart because that was back in 2002 you know it was a big time in both my wife and I's life apparently you know um you know at that time I was actually and had been for a long time traveling around the world with the world famous power team you know breaking bricks and blowing hot pot water bottles speaking an anti-suicide message in schools and so that was just challenging so after my mom died um My dad, he's not been the same since. He's still alive. He's a different dude. Um, But I ended up looking in um, this box of stuff that my mom had that was given to me. And I found a birth certificate with a name on it that wasn't mine. And this is freaky, man. So got in the phone book that day. And I thought, hey, could it be that that's me? Got in the phone book that day and the first person that I was able to speak with was my maternal grandparents. Is that not like unbelievable? And so that led me down the pathway to get to meet my, um, uh, my birth mother. And it was kind of a, you know, like a, a puzzle piece that was put into that last piece. You know, you're wondering, do I have brothers and sisters and all that? So, you know, I got to, uh, got to meet her before, before she died. And so that was a, a big thrill, but, you know, um, it has been a struggle dealing with the, the tragedies that are, because when you, you deal with a suicide like that and, you know, the brokenness of a family, it, it gets really um, challenging. And then the same time that happened, um, and I hope this doesn't come into a poor, poor, pitiful me because it's not. I God is redemptive, right? But the bottom line is about that same time I ended up being a, you know, I was married at the time, but ended up being a single father, raising three kids, two, two, four, and six with a sole custodian and had no idea what I was doing. So at that point in my life, I'd sworn off women, no more, ain't doing that anymore, you know, (laughs) no. And, um, but you know, God restored my hope and faith and, you know, his grace. And, and later on about, you know, 12, 13 years later, brought Michelle into my life.
0: Wow. Very powerful. Now, what made you say yes to to meeting your birth parent? Because some folks do say no. So what made you say yes?
1: I think it was the um, the introduction I had to the idea of adoption as a child. My parents, adopted parents, they used to read me this book. They talked about how special I was and how I was chosen, you know, and I really encourage parents today that have adopted children to choose that, right? To choose to tell them, don't hide it from them. Tell them that they were chosen and selected, that they wanted me. Uh, At the same time, there's that question, you know, did somebody not want me? Right. And that's that's kind of running around your mind. But my parents did a good job of saying, you know, look, it wasn't that they didn't want you, is that God arranged it where they had the grace to allow you to be picked by us. You know, so they kind of turned it around. It was good. Um, but after my mom, well, before she died, I, I'd ask him questions because I was an adult by then, you know, and and I could tell it really bothered her. So while she was alive, that was never really something that I wanted to do to, because it would have hurt her. Right. And so after she was gone, I felt the freedom to do that. And uh, I felt the door was open to do that. I'm glad I did. I really am. it was a healing place for my life and probably a healing place for my birth mother, because she actually gave me my baby blanket that she'd been hanging on to all those years.
0: Wow, that is incredible. So what message do you have for folks who are experiencing the same situation or who know someone who is going through the same situation as far as just meeting their birth parent?
1: Well, I think you have to have no expectations. Uh, it's, it's really a, a curiosity that is is uh, sought or a curiosity that's investigated. You know, for, for me, I had to reconcile in my mind and in my heart that, you know, they may not want to meet you. Right. You have to, like, think about that. You may want to meet them, but they may not want to meet you. By the same token, you may not be ready. And in either case, that's OK. Because people have their lives that have gone on. And if there is a meeting that is established, there has to be no expectations other than to allow it to progress in its natural way. Because you're not necessarily, you know, what is family, right? Family, is, is it blood? Is it, is it a name? You know, it's bigger than that, isn't it? We all know that. You know, we all have people that we might call brother or sister we know the family of god right it's different so you can't have expectations and and i think the only expectation that is relative there and probably reasonable is an expectation to get your curiosity at least some of it answered and this is it does anybody out there look like me (laughs) you know that kind of thing
0: Absolutely. Wow. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us. Now, what advice, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness?
1: Well, you know, life as we know it in this earth is challenging. I think today's world tells us that story pretty clear. You know, we're full of drama and trauma and fear-based stuff. Um, purpose is Is living your life outside of that. It's living your life understanding that I'm here on this earth for a reason. What is that reason? You, as Gigi, have a specific purpose or set of purposes. I, as Mark, have a specific set of purposes. Purpose, when you find it, is really sort of granted or directed by God. At the same time, it has to be something that inspires you, that gives you a thrill that gives you that joy to get up and keep pushing. My job, my purpose is to be a hope dealer in the area of health as it pertains to physical, emotional, spiritual health. That's my purpose. It doesn't make my purpose any better than anybody else. It just makes my purpose fit into the world. You have a purpose that may not be exactly that, but our purposes together make people better within the world so they can fulfill their purposes as well. So we want to share the hope to other people to begin to walk in those purposes. And so if you don't know what you want to do, and I get that, I didn't know what I want to do for years. And, and sometimes seasons change, but we should ask God what we're supposed to do. Amen. Find Mark. out what makes us happy and then trust him to supply the, uh, provision behind that, to make that possible.
0: Amen. I love it. Now, now Mark, Circling back to trauma here for a moment, because you mentioned trauma. How important is it for us to have the discussion on trauma?
1: Trauma is something that is not discussed at all today at length, I don't feel. For example, you know, I see people all the time that come into our offices or we touch base with around the country through remote um, that are exhibiting physical manifestations of disease. And I've learned this powerful truth over time that the majority of the physical manifestations of disease processes are truly rooted in emotional and spiritual brokenness, which is driven by traumatic experiences sometimes as children. Everyone would understand the adverse childhood events concept. You have something bad happen to a child and it sort of scars you or marks you into life. But today we have this constant bombardment of things that can happen through things like social media. You realize when we were in school, you know, you might get called a name and you might have a group of people that sort of join in and ridicule you and tease you. But today you can get called a name and have thousands of people around the world ridiculing you and teasing you in a second. And it's so traumatic that people don't um, really analyze what it does to the inside of a person. And so my point of that is, if you don't examine the trauma and where it comes from, You can live in a series and a state of perpetual resentment and unforgiveness and even bitterness towards people. And that, Gigi, will take away your very purpose of life because they're still controlling you. So if we can't examine trauma, we can't do the proper forgiveness along with that. Therefore, the trauma becomes a thing. And the trauma doesn't need to be the thing. What needs to be the thing is walking in perpetual forgiveness to get you free. Trauma is bondage. Forgiveness is freedom.
0: Amen. Now, do you have any last words for the audience?
1: You know, I just encourage people to, um, to take charge of your life. Don't live in bondage to the things of the world. In other words, you know, big government, big medicine, big church and all, that. they all have their purposes and things. But be self-governing. Look in the mirror every day and say, "You know what? I'm going to take a little advice from the great philosopher Michael Jackson and make a change with the person in the mirror," you know? And 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 do that every day and just make your best better every day and every decision, every word, everything you do and act, you you should analyze that and did that exhibit hope, health, and peace for the betterment of myself and mankind.
0: Wow. Those are golden nuggets right there. Make sure to write Hmm. them down, ladies and gentlemen. And also, Mark, thank you for being a guest on the Walk With Me podcast. I appreciate you.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me. God bless. God bless.